TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you, and as always, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the co-founder of 100 Not Out. He is the greatest chiropractor in the world. He's an international wellness expert, nutrition guru, my brother from another mother, the great Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. <sighs> Hello, legend. Oh, I love just your intros. I could, as I said last time, I could listen to them all day. Just pumps me up. My shoulders go back, my chest goes out. My chest hair curls a bit more and uh, I just get very <laughs> excited with your intros. It's so great. Thank you, Piercy. It's great to be here with you on a sunny day here in Melbourne. Um, now, I'm not sure um, if you got degrees. the... Yeah, very balmy. Uh, same here as well. I'm not sure if you got the, the letters, the documents today, but I've just signed off uh, my, um, my waivers um, and all of my rights to my visual image because the longevity film has now been published on iTunes, YouTube, worldwide, Australia, for those watching on Facebook at the moment, Australia almost here uh, in about seven to ten days. But I've now just given Kale Brock and Brock Creative Media uh, essentially full 100% access to my visual image now that it is going global. Did you sign those documents as well? I I haven't signed the release, I don't think. Um, Have I, Kale? I don't know. Um, I know your signature quite well now. So. <laughs> oh, you I... never got the documents. <laughs> Actually, I meant to go downstairs to check to see if I'd received a very special parcel. Um, and I haven't been downstairs to check to see if I received a very special parcel from you, PC. So uh, maybe if you guys get into a bit of a flow, I might duck out and go get my special parcel and open it on live so that people can see my special parcel. And the reason, notes. <laughs> absolutely. Well, the reason we say this is because it's a big congratulations to the founder of Brock Creative Media, two-time documentary maker, the Gut Movie, longevity film. We speak of the great man, Kale Brock. Brock, you're welcome back to 100 Not Out. Hey, thanks for having me. A little impromptu recording. <laughs> well, this is very exciting. We got a text message from you to say that iTunes and YouTube and many of the global distributors have taken on the longevity film. So Damien and I are expecting to become... Famous is uh, maybe just More putting famous. it a bit lightly. We probably think that, yeah, world domination. Um, <laughs> we might have to move to LA in the next few weeks uh, when the borders reopen. Um, we're expecting big things. So thank you for shining a light on, on the 100 Not Out message through the longevity film. I think it's been, it's been fantastic to have um, documentaries where there are some Australian voices in there because I suppose, you know, we don't get that many do we, with the Australian accent uh, peppered throughout them. So I thought you guys brought some pretty special messages to the table and some a good special accent. <laughs> <laughs> I turned on my Australian accent because, you know, being a, um, a very... No, no, to write, no, notable notorious. Kiwi. Notorious. <laughs> Kiwi, you know, I sound very Australian. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was great to bring the Australian accent to your movie. Kale, um, your movie was great. I enjoyed being in it. In fact, it was great to have you in my movie. Um, it was, uh, it was it's called the longevity film. <laughs> it directing it for me. Uh, <laughs> it was great. You did a really good job. Um, you've, you've made another movie for me called the gut movie, which I really enjoyed uh, being, you know, having you part of. And uh, what was your inspiration behind 
this movie, the longevity film, and clearly, you know, you've moved on from um, from doing health movies, and this is probably by far one of the best pieces of work you've ever done. Um, but you've moved on from that. What was your inspiration uh, for the longevity film? Well, I think um, <clears throat> you know, you guys are a big influence on on my journey. Um, generally speaking anyway uh so you know having those conversations right things doesn't (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't even scripted i was an avid i was an avid 100 not out fan um (laughs) i was i was he was was. past (laughs) he could be one of those people that we call out pc we can call him out yeah we should do that you can do that you wouldn't even know no. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle just so you know, because you may not know, we have this segment on the podcast where we do shout outs to people that we do shout outs to people that we don't think are listening. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> she's playing with it. She's playing with stuff. Oh, it's true. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's quite funny because we, we, we often get people go, being told by others that they were mentioned <laughs> on the podcast. Um, I love it. Anyway. Yes. So yes, uh, Damien was asking you about your uh, inspiration. 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 Well, no, I I am sincerely, I'm being sincere when I uh, say you guys had a big influence on me and then, you know, um, delving into health and well-being and zooming out from gut health. um, The gut movie was very much a zoomed in approach. I wanted to zoom out because I knew there were people around the world who were very, very healthy, living really long, extraordinary lives, and they weren't necessarily drinking kombucha and taking probiotics. So I think it made sense to go and visit these cultures because, again, I think it's very logical to um, actually go and see what these people are doing to achieve such incredible results. We can study all day and we can read books all day and listen to podcasts and watch YouTube all day on various scientific endeavors and into human longevity. But I think until we put it into a real scenario, until we put it into something tangible and relatable um, and actually achievable, then we're kind of just, you know... Um, just pushing, pushing poop uphill. So, um, yeah, it, I think it, it was just a next logical step and obviously it had a big impact on me and my trajectory and in, in my career and, and everything like that. And it was, I'm glad that we caught that on film. Now, I called you last week or the week before uh, to ask you about a, for want a better term, an epiphany-type moment that you had in Ikaria. Um, we always come back from Ikaria, the Greek island known as the island where people forget to die, with big aha moments or big aha insights about how to live. Um, Damien and I and, and all attendees have these have these big chats. You had some pretty big ones yourself, and I called you to get some uh, quotables on your insight about living meditatively uh, rather than just being so attached to meditating, uh, you know, for 20 minutes a day, twice a day. Would you be kind enough to share with the listeners that insight? Because I, for one, found it incredibly enlightening, as I think a lot of others did as well. Yeah, I mean... Throughout, I had learned uh, transcendental meditation probably a year before the journey to, um, I guess, achieve a sense of uh, not just calmness, but more uh, to take a considered approach to uh, life and the decisions I make and and actually to try and almost hack productivity, if you will. Um, So I had learned it and had been, been applying it, but I had sort of over time lost lost interest and i thought you know i'm missing out on this thing there was this there was this um slight sense of guilt from from actually not partaking in meditation for a while um but going to these cultures you 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 actually don't see uh generally speaking any form of meditation taking place or active uh intentional meditation taking place but what you do see is 
a lifestyle that's very calm and considered and meditative in practice. So in Loma Linda, for example, in California, a lot of that meditative approach comes from, you know, being at church and being in prayer or um, listening to music at, at church and, 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 you know, all those sorts of different things, being in very uh, heavily involved in their community. In places like Ikaria, all you have to do is go up to Ilias's garden and, and watch him in the garden all day. I mean, he is just incredible. And, you know, there is just, he's the opposite of rushed. He's um, just doing his thing. And, you know, he's going through the process without being attached so much to the outcome. Um, And I think that was what I spoke to you about the other day is that I think the goal uh, is actually the process that, that um, or the objective is is to be so involved in the process that that is the goal rather than being so attached to to the outcome. So to bring that back to my own situation, that was about um, maybe appreciating more of the moments that I had available, but we were potentially skimming over throughout the day. And I think that that's what meditation encourages you to do. Um, but I was sort of achieving that through just, uh, I suppose, living that way and, and adopting that mindset. Um, I'd probably access that, that a lot through surfing, you know, and I think all these different things are trying to achieve the th- same thing. So surfing um, is often a gateway for people to flow state and then they access that calm and that considered sort of approach. And then we look at meditation, that's just one gateway, I think, to that. It could be gardening, it could be writing it could be painting it could be having a conversation with someone we enter flow state a lot in conversation so i think when we start to break those different aspects of health and well-being up we do ourselves a disservice if we we actually pull them into one thing one realm and say hey this is actually what we're trying to achieve a state of presence and mindfulness um, in our daily activities not just the ones we really value as being super special or exciting or you know i have to be happy um, getting into my wet, my cold, wet, wet suit, walking down the beach, being in the sun before I can expect to be happy getting tubed on, on the best wave of the day for literally two or three seconds. You know, mm-hmm. it's about the whole journey. It's not about just that small highlight moment. So seeing the cultures engage with their lives in that way was just, it was a big moment for me and it really made me reflect and reevaluate what I was doing back home. It's interesting because... Um Meditation often spoken about being still, and then a lot of your your tipping moment in your in, in a conversation you and I had was when you were watching Ilya gardening or, or being on the land. You spoke about uh, surfing, which is movement. There's, I remember when you were in Okinawa, you know, similar type meditative moments when you were doing movement. Like a, I don't know if it was a form of Tai Chi, but it was mm. it was that um, traditional Okinawan you know uh, movement. Um, often there seems to be either use of hands and fingers or some type of whole body movement um, as a way to bring about a, a meditative state. Do you now have a, a less, um, what's your view now on meditation? Like do you still meditate? Do you still look for that 20 minutes of, um, uh, what did you call it, considered, you know, that, that, that openness to be more considered or do you find yourself now making your daily actions more meditative yeah i mean i haven't meditated in probably um a good six months and it's not something i naturally gravitate to anymore Uh, i remember listening to a podcast 
this is just an aside here. I remember listening to a podcast with Arnold Schwarzenegger who um, got taught meditation at a young age and meditated every single day for a year and then stopped and has never meditated again. He felt it did, it did its work. Um, so I guess I was lucky in that I had surfing to already uh, open that gateway before I sort of w- was exposed to the, the blue zones. But I think now it's just trying to find and appreciate and give more weight to those moments that I previously probably glazed over and glanced over. So something as simple as walking down the street uh, to go get a green juice and <laughs> or, or whatever to go get a gluten-free banana bread in the morning or whatever. Um, Beer, glass of wine, a block of chocolate, an ice cream. <laughs> whatever. Croissant. Un <laughs> <laughs> uh, croissant. Um, so walking down the street and saying hello to someone and, you know, uh, having that typical conversation that you have, I, they're much more poignant now when I have those conversations because I honestly believe that, that is just as important as the green juice that I'm going to buy. Um, it, it's just enjoying the process of, of doing all those things and even using something like an obscure previous annoyance, things that still annoy me as little reminders to just go, hey, come back, relax, life's pretty darn good. Um, and even if I just took that away from the entire trip, it's been totally worth it. Well, you've had those uh, reflections, mate, and you've brought them back to uh the northern beaches of New South Wales uh, <laughs> where life is just generally good. Um, and I know that you're about to go caravanning around the country and that's going to be unbelievable. I think it's going to be an incredible experience for you. Um, a lot of people, and I'm going to just digress a little bit here, but we'll come back to it all. A lot of people have found that this COVID period has made them be reflective, similarly of what you've actually just spoken about. So uh, people have actually felt that they've, you know, enjoyed a lot more time to themselves. They've watched the sunrises and the sunsets. They've um, had more hand cuddles on walks as they've gone walking with their partner. Um, they've um, enjoyed the time that they've spent with their kids more, all that sort of stuff. And it's kind of, this is kind of the stuff that I think we've all been craving, we've all been missing. Um, and Marcus and I and you uh, have experienced this in Korea. Obviously, it would be nice for people to be able to continue to do this um, you know, post-COVID, wouldn't it? But do you think that people uh, will be able to continue to do it post-COVID? Is it something that you need a particular environment or something that's enforced on you to be able to continue to do it post-COVID or post-Ecorea? So funny, Steph Lowe and I <clears throat> chatted about this the other day on on her podcast. It, sometimes it takes people, um, <clears throat> sometimes it takes a death in the family Sometimes it takes a serious health scare mm-hmm. for people to reach the point that we're now all being forced to uh, to be at, um, yeah, which right. is like it's a drastic self reflection. Like, what is important? Um, I've, I know people who who are up here who are starting to get back into work and they're going far out. I don't want to go back, you know. <laughs> so um, some big moments have sort of come out of it. Um, so yeah, what was the what was your sort of question? <laughs> do you think around? that uh, people can do it? Like, do you think that people can actually, you know, continue with this sort of stuff? Like, do they need an Icarian moment, or do you think they mm. need a Sardinian moment, um, do, or do you feel like COVID's going to be enough for them? It comes down to the individual, doesn't it, and how much weight they attribute this new reflection and being forced into the reflection. Like, looking at it as a positive thing is only going to come about if they have a big epiphany or we start to get these conversations happening a lot more, um, which is obviously 
um, why I think this is so important to, to have these conversations um, surrounding the, the importance of slowing down and community and actually being sustainable in your approach to life. Um, I don't know many people who will continue, and I'll throw this back on you guys in a second, but I don't know how many people will continue to, uh, to um, alter their lifestyle in a way so that it is more sustainable and slower um, thanks to COVID and sort of I, I feel like a lot of people are going to actually ramp up their energy and then just go full bore back into it again until the end of the year where they fall flat on the couch to come December 23rd and go, oh, gosh, where did that year go? Um, mm. Unfortunately, what, what do you guys think? I'm, I agree. I feel as much as I'm an optimist and an idealist by nature, I feel like people will come out of the blocks as, as much as they can and then when life goes back to doing jobs they don't want to do, they will just not blame COVID, but they'll label COVID as just a honeymoon period and it was never going to last and it was a bit of a fairy tale, wasn't it, that we could you know, live this way for that long. But then the realities and the responsibilities and all the rest of it um, will come back to play. Not to say that people will go back to living an unconscious life, but I think people will just easily label this time as just one of those, one of those um, unique times. Um, there's definitely a percentage of people that are questioning many areas of their life, whether it's their relationships or their job or their physical health. I think the immune system will never be ridiculed ever again because people will recognise it actually really was. I think wellness will get a good shot in the arm. It won't be seen as this you know, luxury lifestyle. It's actually a really good thing to be healthy and well. But um, how many people continue it i would be more inclined to say it's on the lower end of five percent um if that without sounding you know pessimistic about it what do you think damo well i think you're probably on the money in terms of the percentage pc i as an optimist um i would i would say maybe five point two percent but i would think it's probably <laughs> have to agree uh, there's no doubt about it like it's you know if you think about the number of people that see chiropractors um in australia for example let's say it's Let's say it's close to 10% of the population sees a chiropractor. Um, it's probably closer to 7%, but let's round it up. <laughs> it's in giggles. It's probably 10%. So um, of that, the people in my practice uh, that I see, and let's say let's take that as a representative sample, I reckon about seven and a half, maybe eight out of 10 of those people would say, oh, there's been some really great things I've loved this time. Um, I've loved being with my family. I've loved you know, being at home with the kids, even though it's good for them to go back to school. I've loved, you know, being at home with kids. I've loved um, not having to race around, do kids' sport all the time. I've loved um, being able to, you know, just stop and have a chat. I've loved not being on screens as much, you know. I've been reading more books. So there's been all these sorts of things that I think that people have really enjoyed and I think that those people might, you know, continue with that. But they're most likely, probably similarly to the people that listen to this podcast, are most likely already in that mindset. Um, but um, that's what we learn in Ikaria, isn't it? Like it's, it's the sort of lifestyle that we learn. We, we learn to bring those sorts of things back. And, and in the movie, Kyle, you, uh, you talk about those things that you discovered, um, you know, over there that kind of help you um, question what it is that you're doing in your life. Like why am I doing all of these things? What, what's in it for me now when I get back to Australia? You know, and hence the reason why you, you're downsized, you move from your, you know, spacious two-bedroom apartment to a one-bedroom apartment you're going to move into a caravan and uh you know all these these big revolutionary things uh, this is this is some of the great stuff about these realizations yeah and i mean those took those took a little bit of time for me to 
come towards. Um, it wasn't just come home and move straight into the the big sprinter camper van. It was um, come and downsize and find and get you know cheaper rent because and and be closer to friends and be closer to the beach so that I can walk everywhere and implement the movement principle behind longevity cultures and um, and you know and then eventually it turned into a, a total sort of not a total career um, shift, but definitely a bit of a sidestep with um, in terms of the direction that I, that I'm going. Um, and the, and these a hundred percent, I totally attribute these to the trip uh, because it does make you pause and reflect and say, Hey, what is important? And I'm, I guess in a, in a stage where I don't know if you want to call it fortunate or just in a stage where I don't have too many people dependent on me, you know, it's just, it's just Emma and I here in the house. So we can make those decisions, those somewhat drastic decisions a little bit easier than the average person. But <clears throat> I mean, for people with families, it, it might be just making important decisions, but making them on a smaller scale. So for instance, hey, on Saturdays, let's have it as a no phone day and let's mm-hmm. go and we'll, we'll create a bit of a ritual uh, where we go down the beach every morning on Saturday, or we go and sit and we have breakfast out at a local cafe and we see people walk past and we engage with them. And, you know, it's tiny little decisions like that that I think are going to actually carry us and, and make up the difference between living to, um, let's say, 75 years old and 85 years old. I truly do believe that. And um, in terms of the quality of life, well, that's where <clears throat> obviously choosing to to really appreciate um what constitutes real food and what whole food actually is and and how we can actually um appreciate what the blue zones do and then uh tweak it and apply it to to our own lane then um that that's where we can really fill up our our cup in terms of life quality and then once we actually tick off all those boxes i mean life's pretty good if we're the studies all the studies show that up till Seventy thousand dollars. There's a, a correlation between increased happiness and increased money. Anything over a seventy thousand dollars a year, generally, according to the statistics, there's no increase in happiness. So, mm. if you're already there, then you're actually you you have technically everything you need to be the happiest you can be. So, if you're not as happy as you can be, then perhaps it needs a bit of a shift in perspective, or a shift in environment, or um, just some some help and support to actually work through whatever you're working through in order to really liberate you into, I guess, more of a free mindset. Uh, Brocky, you know, be congratulated not only for your wisdom but for two great productions. And we know this might be the last time we get to interview you because you are now becoming a surfing god. <laughs> and uh, between Damo and I, we've caught, uh, I think, zero waves between us. So I don't know so how much far. we can talk to you about <laughs> surfing on 100 Not Out, but for everyone that wants to watch the longevity film and couldn't get along uh, to one of the screenings, tell everyone how to consume the longevity film as of now. Yeah, so the longevity film as of recording is out on all major platforms worldwide uh, except for Australia, but as of release of this, I think it's it should be out everywhere on all major platforms, including Australia. So that means people can watch it on iTunes, um, and, which is obviously our preferred because then we can get trending and then we can hopefully, you know, build some, build some big, make some big right. waves with this. You might even get onto like a Qantas plane. <laughs> well, potentially. That, it, oh. depends how, it depends how popular we've become. Oh. <laughs> I'll vote five. So you want everyone <laughs> to watch it on iTunes? That would, be, that would be the best option for us, yeah, oh, if, if people want to watch it. 
No, I don't even know how to access Google Play. And uh, what about YouTube? Because I don't, I don't mind buying a video on YouTube every now and again. I think because this film went through the distributor, I've been left out of the decision-making process. They, I mean, oh, they changed. Definitely the, iTunes. Yeah, yeah, definitely iTunes. All, All right. right, that's an All easy right. one. Congratulations! Um, I'm amazed actually at how slow Kale speaks these days. I don't know about you, PC, but <laughs> speaks really slow. It's the Icar- <laughs> It's definitely the Icaria effect. You've said that to me a couple of times, Damo. When I, yeah, I it, particularly when we've interviewed Thaya. We're back. Yeah, when we go back to the interview Thaya, she's. She slows us right down. <laughs> right down. I, think, I, I feel like I'm leaning back in my chair more right now. After yeah. Yeah. Very zen. The zen oh, guru himself, sleep. Kyle Brock. <laughs> Thank you, been great man. All day. I'm just tired. <laughs> yeah. He's very, very calming. And congratulations on all your success and all the very best in the surfing world. Um, I will like and subscribe your videos. I don't know if I'll watch every single one, but I will definitely like and subscribe in support of uh, your success in your new projects. And again, I, thanks for all your support of 100 Not Out. Yes, Damo. I don't know if I'm going to like and subscribe to, like, he doesn't even listen to 100 Not Out anymore. And like, he's probably our most interviewed person. I'm more there. of an audio book guy at the moment. <laughs> well, if you listen to our all 370 odd uh, episodes of one, like, you've got an epic audio book. <laughs> well, hang on. I want I want to hear when when you guys have got some audio books coming out because I will 100% listen to those. They're books. coming. They're coming. Don't worry. They're coming. We've got plans. Yeah. We have great plans. Ooh, you heard um, it first. On that note, with a bit of uh, mysticism, we will say farewell and goodbye. Thank you for joining us on 100 Not Out. Uh, Damo, thank you for your wisdom as always. Great man. Izzy, thank you so much. Thank you for your uh, input, your direction, your hosting, your introduction, your exits. <laughs> the way you connect the dots, draw the dots. Keep Kale the exits, talking. The tough. exits are way more awkward than the, <laughs> than the intros, but that's okay uh, so, because... It's a uh, it's a three way, and we like three ways here on One Hundred on Out. <laughs> Until next time, folks, go over to DamienChristoph.com for more info on the great man myself, MarcusPierce.com.au. And uh, when next you choose to join us at a One Hundred Not Out longevity experience, make sure you go to One Hundred Not Out.com and check out all the information there. Until next week, folks, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.